0: Hey everyone, this is David opposing the Matrix. How are you today, or tonight, or tomorrow, or whatever? Oh, you wouldn't believe what I had to do to get online tonight, folks. I uh, I got everything all set up, the whole nine yards, and then all of a sudden I started getting that weird noise again. So what I I couldn't figure out there was a video playing. I couldn't figure out where it was playing from, and I finally found that, but I had that noise going and. Usually when that happens, I have to download the drivers for my Focusrite uh, machine over here. And uh, that's not too bad, but after I had everything set up, I had to do a reboot, uh, you know, to make the uh, the upgrade or the re-upgrade, I should say, more effective. And uh, then I had to put, come back here and put everything back on again and everything. So anyway, this is a show that's well worth it. <laughs> well worth it uh, by far I'm getting a a kind of late start first of all it's a Sunday night Um, I'm probably going to do a show tomorrow night too so no worries but um, and then Brian and I are going to do one on Thursday and then Saturday next Saturday Ralph's going to be here Um, right now I'm going to let it be a surprise subject okay but it's going to be one that you're probably going to want to listen to okay um Anyway, we I won't uh, dwell on that. But um, anyway, so what I want to talk about tonight is um, chemtrails. <laughs> I was talking to a good friend of mine who does not believe in chemtrails. And he, he is vehemently opposed to the idea of chemtrails. And he's a researcher and everything else. It's just that he's set in his ways and he doesn't want to believe in them. And that's his priority is prerogative you know and um so anyway but uh you know for years i've been talking about chemtrails my, my experience with chemtrails if you haven't heard it already um back in 2008 i t- decided to take a plane flight down to mexico city and um that took a red eye because the red eye was the only one that left uh from sacramento and about the time the sun was coming up um Let's see, that would have been—I don't remember what month that was. Uh, might have been April. That's what that was, keeps, keeps coming to my mind. But anyway, as the sun was coming up, you know, you can see around outside the plane again, and plus we had moved over one or two time zones because Mexico City's in Central Time Zone, United States Time Zone, anyway. And um, so I happened to look around and I saw chemtrails all over the place. And I noticed that as we were tooling along, um our plane started to go down to in one of the chemtrails. And that kind of alarmed me. And anyway, I I kind of put that aside for the moment and uh, you know, first landed in Guadalajara where they checked your papers, and then they flew you to Mexico City. And um I got out of the plane and uh I met the person I was meeting down there and um, About, oh, I don't know, I'd say about half half a day into the trip, I started coughing like there was no tomorrow. I came down with a bronchitis like I've never had before and hopefully will never have again. And uh, it was nasty. I mean, I, they must have thought I had TB or something, you know, people I was uh, hanging out with. And um, they never said anything to that effect, but I would think that, you know, anyway. So two weeks went by, and I came back up to uh, back up to the United States and landed in Sacramento, still had the cough. And I had that cough and that wheezing and that bronchitis for probably a month and a half after I got back. So it was about two months' worth of bronchitis, and it hit me. It was the chemtrail we flew through. And a lot of you right now are probably going, yeah, but the plane doesn't take in air from the outside. Well, yes, they do. Um <laughs> You might believe that, but I've researched it, and yes, they do. And, uh, think about it. If they kept recirculating the air in an eight hour flight, everybody would be passed out by the time we got where we were going. Um, so, not that it was eight hours in Mexico City, just using that number. Um, so, yes, they do bring in air from the outside, and they, they scrub it, and supposedly, but, um, we flew through those chemtrails. I know we did. I watched the plane's wings cutting through it. Okay. And why the pilot was flying through it? Well, he must've not known what chemtrails are. That's all I can say. Remember, this is like 2008. So chemtrails started back in the 19, uh, 1990s. So it's quite, quite possible that the pilot didn't know that much about them or didn't care. Who knows? Or didn't believe that they were bad. So anyway, um, Back about the time that that happened, I was talking to Jim Wilhelmson, and he had his own little story. And, uh, you know, if you don't believe me, contact him and talk with him about it. Uh, he's at org and you can get a hold of him from there, but, um, or echoesavinoch.com. I don't know if they're both still active, but one of them works. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was writing his, uh, his Harley, um, down the freeway going back into Roswell one day. And uh, this is the way I remember the story anyway. Um, He noticed that they had been spraying in the sky and, and he says, as he was driving these weird spider web things were starting to come out of the sky and fall to the ground. And of course, like, you know, he probably inhaled some of it and everything else. And he too had respiratory problems after that. So, and, you know, that's bad enough, and then COVID comes along, or what they were claiming was a virus. I don't know what it was. Um, a biological weapon. I know that's what it was. But anyway, um, and that just made things worse for me anyway. So um, anyway, so that's my experience. And uh, we had a guy on here a while back, and I'm going to try to get him on again, Russ Tanner, who is an expert on these things. He can smell chemtrails. He can taste chemtrails. Okay. There are, there are a, a minority of people that can do those things, okay? And he happens to be one of them, but he, the price is that he gets bad headaches and um, he's debilitated from them. So um, anyway, um, so I came across this article on um, Natural News the other day, and I get, I get their um, – when they post the article, I get it on my email. An email said uh, something about chemtrails, and I went, oh, I got to check that out. And so I checked it out, and uh, I'm going to read the article to you in a minute, and I'll put it up there, too, so you can see it. Uh, but it's uh, it's quite interesting, and I, I think that, uh, so what we're going to do is look at that article, then we're going to look at uh, three videos, and uh, then we're going to look at something interesting, are chemtrails mentioned in Scripture? And we'll, let's, we'll look and see, you know, keep an open mind, uh, you know, I still got an open mind about it. And, um, I don't know, but then we're going to look at something, uh, a document um, about an act that was passed that basically gave – it was basically you giving permission to the government to spray chemtrails. Okay? How'd that happen? Well, we elect people. I, I, let me put it this way. People have elected people that go into office that promise to represent us, and we all know that's a bunch of horse hockey, Right? Uh, They don't represent us. They represent big business and everything else, even if they say they're for the the little people. And I'm talking about the Democratic Party, but I don't think that the Republican Party is immune, okay? Um, But we elect them to be our representatives, to represent us in Congress, right, and to represent us when they pass laws and everything else. So there's a little act that was passed back in the 90s. And I'm going to read part of that act to you, and you're going to see that uh, the military can do anything it wants to. The Secretary of Defense, uh, on a whim, can just decide to spray anything, use any chemicals it wants to, and he, he can just take the, the whole population of the United States out if he wants to, and he's got permission for, for to do it from the, from the Congress, and you'll see. Um, anyway, so let's, let's um, not waste any time. Because it's kind of late and time is uh, wasted. Uh, okay, so the first thing I want to share with you, <clears throat> excuse me, is that cough again. Had it forever. Okay, so I'm going to show this first, and this is the article. Okay, then I'm going to go there. Yeah, let's see. I got to take this slow and methodically, okay, because I really don't want to mess anything up. And, by the way, well, by the time you listen to this, the, the show that I did for about 30 seconds, it will be gone. But um, it was a real panic thing. What the heck is going on? <laughs> anyway, uh, White House now pursuing same sun-blocking geoengineering scheme that was called a conspiracy theory just two years ago. And this is uh, written by Ethan Huff. Uh, it came out Sunday, October 16th. And let's look at some of these tags because they're interesting. Atmosphere, bad climate, bad pollution, bad science, Biden. You know, it's funny. you ever see bad science. Biden's right behind it. (laughs) These credits come up. Um, Chemtrails, climate, climate alarmism, climate change, uh, climate crisis, climate cult, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory, environment, geoengineering, global warming. Green tyranny—that's a good one. Um, left cult, terraforming, and White House. Now, if I was writing it, it would have been terraforming and White House. Okay. All right, so here we go. I get to let me drink a little cup of coffee here. Get my my reading skills up to speed here. Whoops. Okay. Natural news, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy has launched a five-year research plan that aims to develop methods of reflecting sunlight back into space in order to cool the planet to save it from global warming. Ooh, global warming. There it is, folks. Al Gore is jumping for joy. He's having <laughs> uh, Rush Limbaugh used to call him gore-basms. Um, okay. Uh, Just a few years ago, the independent media was dubbed the pack of wild conspiracy theorists for warning that the climate cultists were shifting gears and taking direct aim at the sun for elimination. Now, the conspiracy theories we warned you about are becoming conspiracy facts, don't they always, folks? Okay. Or almost always. Um, The idea behind the new sun-blocking scheme (laughs) is the, why aren't the planes out there spraying, um, Tanning lotion out there. The sky would smell really neat if they did. It would smell like coconut all the time, right? Uh, But I I digress. Um, The area behind this new sun blocking scheme is to regulate the level of ultraviolet UV exposure on Earth. If enough of them can be blocked and reflected back into space, then perhaps temperatures would get a little chillier, which we are told will help the polar ice caps and prevent beachfront properties from flooding in the future. Folks, let me ask you a question before I go on with this article. Um, when it gets cold out, you put a blanket on at night, right? And that is so that the heat that comes out of your body stays under the blanket. Okay. Now you put a blanket over the atmosphere. Some of that heat is going to get through. I don't care how much you put up there of, of this sun blocking stuff. Um, some heat is gonna get through. And what's gonna happen, yes, it'll reflect some heat out in the space, but it'll keep a lot of heat inside, underneath the blanket, so to speak, underneath the envelope. So this is gonna have an effect where it's gonna boomerang on these idiots. And things are gonna get warmer because of this. And you know they've been they've been um chemtrailing for what since back in the mid 90s and what's been happening since the mid 90s? Things have been getting warmer. Hmm. Now, I got a high school education uh, with some college. I don't have a degree in anything. Well, I guess I have an um, associate's degree. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I can figure this out. Little old me can figure this out, and you've probably figured it out too. Okay. But these brainiacs, now, I'm giving them credit thinking that maybe they're they're mistaken. But we, you and I, we all know that this is a scheme. It's a money-making scheme, and it's a scheme to, to sell humanity into slavery. Okay, let me continue with the article. One way the globalists plan to block the sun is through stratospheric aerosol injections, also known as chemtrails. You may recall that chemtrails were also dubbed a conspiracy theory, even before eventually being confirmed as another conspiracy fact. There are also ideas swirling around about marine uh, cloud brightening and cirrus cloud thinning, which the climate cult says may keep the sun from making the planet too warm during the daytime. Okay. Okay stratospheric aerosol injection involves spraying an aerosol like sulfur dioxide, which I hear is um, some countries are really stocking up on. And why would they be stocking up on sulfur? Well, I don't know. Back in my day, it was good for acne. So maybe they're expecting an acne outbreak or something. I don't know. Um, Let's see. Sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere. And because it has the potential to affect the entire globe, often gets its most attention, reported CNBC. While arguments of moral hazard have handicapped research efforts, the idea is getting more urgent attention in the worsening climate crisis. Stop spraying that garbage in the air and it'll cool down. Climate Tech Investment Fund praises Biden for paving the way for more global warming profits. Signed by fake president Joe Biden, you got to love these authors of this site, Cited by fake President Joe Biden earlier this year, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy sunblocking scheme will involve the spraying of sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere, which even CNBC admits has harmful effects on the environment and human health. You want to kill grass in your yard, spread sulfur out there, folks. You want to kill your garden, spread sulfur all over it. That's what sulfur does. Okay. Okay. continue with the article here it's worth it though at least according to scientists and climate leaders who live in constant fear about things too warm things like too warm weather and other alleged changes to the climate that worry them some people have more time to sit around and worry tell you get them out there and get their hands dirty you wouldn't have the time to worry about things Uh, Sunlight reflection has the potential to safeguard the livelihoods of billions of people, and it's a sign of the White House's leadership that they're advancing the research so that future decisions can be rooted in science and not geopolitical brinkmanship. Praise uh, Chris Saka, founder of the Climate Tech Investment Fund, lower, uh, excuse me, lower carbon capital, which profits from this kind of climate lunacy. Good wording. Despite the obvious conflict, conflict of interest between Sokka's business, ooh, it's a business and the agents and the agenda of the Biden White House. Sokka insists that he has zero financial interest beyond philanthropy. Yeah, right. Okay. Are you, are you rolling your uh, pants legs up folks? It's, it's getting quite deep here. Um, this article. I mean, reading what these idiots in Washington are trying to do, and these some of these guys like Saka. Um, according to David Keith, a professor at Harvard University, the idea of blocking sunlight to stop global warming has been around since at least 1965. Isn't that that was back when they were worried about ice age, a new ice age coming? Interesting. Um, okay, back to it. It was just today. It is just that today it is taken much more seriously than it was back then, probably because society continues to be dumbed down into absolute idiocracy controlled by a deranged climate cultist. (laughs) Um, That same year, a report given to then-President Lyndon B. Johnson restoring the quality of our environment floated the idea of blasting particles over the ocean at a cost of $100 per square mile, in sum, using the value of dollars back then, it was estimated that reducing global temperatures in this manner would cost about $500 million per year. Not everyone is convinced that blocking the sunlight is the way to go, including uh, Janos or Janos Pastor, uh, executive director of the Carnegie Climate Governance Initi- Initiative. He says that the solar radiation modification will never be a solution to the climate crisis. Amen and hallelujah. The latest news about climate, uh, the climate cult's e- efforts to eliminate sunlight can be found at geoengineering.news. Okay, I'm gonna be going back here one pretty soon. Look at that. Okay, all right. So let's close that out. Okay. There you go. You got the big giant head here again, and we have a video that's sticking sometimes. Okay. We won't worry about that, though, okay? So let's look at um, this next thing I wanted to check out, okay? And this is actually a woman that um, works for an agricultural uh, concern, a government concern down in California, of all places, and she, let's see, I'm going to enlarge this, okay. She speaks here about how, all this geoengineering this climate engineering is not good in how it can be dangerous and harmful to plants and humans are you ready come on let's 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 do this thing okay here we go
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Richard Jordan, chairman of the conference. I'm going to just introduce uh, Khaled uh, Dawood, who will uh, introduce the speakers. So, Khaled, thank you very much for moderating this session, and I turn it over to you, and I will return in about three minutes. So, our next speaker is uh, Dr. Rosalind Peterson. Uh, She's the California president and co-founder of the Agriculture Defense Coalition formed in 2006 to protect agricultural crop production from uncontrolled experimental weather modification programs, a very interesting topic you know, for an unspecialized person like myself. But also very interesting in her CV that we have with you is also her extensive efforts to protect drinking water supplies from toxic chemical contamination in Martinez, California. That's a very interesting topic, of course. I was actually wondering myself whether you can tackle whether the same experiments that you're holding in California could be extended to other world countries, particularly poor and developed countries like where we come from. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chairman. Um, It is a pleasure to be here to speak with all of you today. One of the things that I would like to say is that we are in a global drumbeat right at the moment talking about climate change and global warming. One of the things that is affected by climate change is agriculture. But some of what we are seeing is man-made, but man-made in a different way than you may guess. Uh, weather modification programs, experimental ones done by private companies, done by the United States government, uh, done by states across the United States are underway. There's more than 50 of them in operation across the United States. All of these impact agriculture because they change the microclimates needed for agriculture to survive. None of these programs that I know of today, and this is all public record, are available at any time uh, with oversight, agricultural oversight or public oversight. These programs impact agriculture, and there are programs around the world. International corporations are modifying our weather all the time, and they're modifying it in ways that cover thousands and thousands of square miles. Most of it is chemically altered so that what happens is that we are putting chemicals, ground-based chemicals that are shot into the air or chemicals coming from airplanes that change and modify our weather. So one of the things that I'm concerned about and that we need to address in the future is how these programs are impacting microclimates needed for our crops to survive and needed for pollination. Um, If we change the growing season, the pollinators may not survive and also our crops, our flowers and our tree crops may not get the pollination needed. So one of my areas is looking at this situation to see if we can begin to put under control experimental and other types of weather modification programs. The other issue is that a lot of times we're talking about mitigation for climate change. It's rather an undefined term at this period of time. And so what happens is that many times we're talking about artificially putting chemicals like sulfur or particulates into the atmosphere in what they call geoengineering schemes to reduce um, and, and help the planet, supposedly, but help the planet to not go through such a tremendous global climate change and to mitigate global warming. However, the incidence of putting chemicals into our atmosphere is going to change and impact agricultural crop production. And if you take and you put up into our skies chemicals to reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the earth, you are going to begin to reduce crop production. Studies at the University of Illinois on corn crop production show reductions without the process of photosynthesis whereby plants from direct sunlight gain the energy to grow, to produce crops, we are going to find ourselves, if we mitigate in that direction, impacting the crop production not only here in the United States but worldwide. One of the things that is impacting crop production right now in the United States and reducing photosynthesis and also impacting the ability of um, solar power panels to generate the type of of power that they should is persistent jet contrails. NASA talks about persistent jet contrails as exacerbating global warming because they trap warmth in the atmosphere when they produce cirrus and man-made clouds. NASA also talks about that when we that these aircraft leaving persistent contrails are changing our climate. And when they change our climate to the degree that one jet can leave a persistent jet contrail which will spread across our skies, from what this picture up here on my left on the screen looks like, which is a trail left by a jet, that trail can expand to 4,000 kilometers and last for 20 hours. This was unheard of in the early 60s and the 70s and it wasn't until the late 1980s that there was a change and we started to have persistent jet contrails that persist. NASA studies show that part of our global warming problem could be attributed to these types of contrails and the jets that leave them. So one of the issues as we go through is how do you like your skies natural or man-made? And right now, we are making man-made clouds. And this is trapping warmth in our atmosphere. The climate change that is produced by these jets, not all jets, at least some non-commercial, but what happens to our skies is that we start to see the changes. The man-made clouds do trap the warmth and they increase the humidity. This allows for pests to proliferate, diseases, molds, mildews, funguses, and viruses. This is a man-made cloud, ladies and gentlemen. And these pictures I took myself over Northern California. And this is a burst. Uh, This is where a jet left a huge plume. And then this turned in at the end of it to Mm -hmm. a burst. Mm -hmm. And this is not uh, normal. Never seen before in our county historically, and I was born and raised there. This is another picture showing the jet trails just before the burst. This is our skies, and I want you to know that what you're seeing now, a lot of times many scientists know, especially at NASA and in other areas, that the skies that we're seeing are not normal cloud formations. These are man-made. And what happens as we reduce the amount of sunlight in a form of global dimming, we reduce the solar power with these type of clouds and we reduce photosynthesis, which is going to impact agriculture. The pictures look odd. The formations don't look like normal clouds that people have seen before historically. Another type of man-made cloud, and what we have done, and what you're seeing here, is we have the photographs from the times that the jet leaves the first trail as a thin spindly trail to where they form into these different types of cloud formations. All of you can start looking up and seeing this. What happens is that there are experiments, and there's a color. You can see some color in this photograph. And part of what we're doing also is we're sending up canisters. The United States government, NASA, the U.S. Air Force, is sending up canisters into the atmosphere filled with chemicals to modify and experiment with our our, our, our ionosphere. And when we modify and experiment with our ionosphere up here, we create experiments which they can see through these persistent jet contrails as they stay in the sky for long periods of time and they can watch the experiments. The type of chemicals they are using are aluminum, barium, strontium and these canisters are sent up on rockets and what they do is they superheat the canisters to create experiments in our atmosphere. The experiments can give you colorful auroras which they talk about as being wonderful. Many times People think that the auroras in, in Alaska and, and the ones we see are normal, but there's beginning to be more and more seen across the United States and elsewhere where um, aluminum, trimethyl aluminum experiments to make clouds are beginning to impact us. The reason I am concerned for agriculture is that none of these experiments have any public oversight nor agricultural oversight Our drinking water is impacted because the chemicals are now beginning to show up in our drinking water. In California, the State Department of Health drinking water tests were examined between 1970 and this year. And we found unusual spiking in barium, aluminum, strontium, magnesium, calcium, manganese. And all of these spiked at the same time in various drinking water supplies across the state of California and also in Arizona. So what's happening with these atmospheric tests is that aluminum, as one example, gets into, with increased pollution and acid rain, gets into the root systems of our crop trees and our trees, and it looks like the trees are dying of drought. But they're not. What happens is that the root systems can no longer absorb the water and the nutrients needed to survive. Many of our forests in Redding, California and other areas are dying. The oak trees, the redwood trees, the Douglas fir across the United States, many areas. We believe that these trees are impacted because they cannot absorb enough water because aluminum is going into their root systems. Also, molds, mildew, and fungus from warmer temperatures produced by persistent jet contrails are also allowing pests and molds to proliferate, also impacting tree health and crop health. The skies that you see up here, it is important to note, um, have a white haze to them. When crossing the United States two days ago, we saw this man-made produced haze all the way across the United States. There were a few real clouds, we saw the persistent jet contrails from the jet windows, and the skies in the white haze looked a lot like this. So one of the things that we need to really look at is that jet fuel emissions contaminate our air, much as automobile exhaust. They know from scientific studies back in the, study, in the 1970s that uh, they deplete beneficial ozone in the atmosphere by releasing nitric acid. So one of the things that we need to look at is the impact of just jet fuel and just the emissions from jets as well. I want to go on and talk briefly about a couple of issues here that I think are important for everyone to realize. If we don't look at the problems that we are creating, the atmospheric testing programs, the jet, in other words, the jet contrails that are warming our climate and we say to ourselves, we want to geoengineer something else. We want to add more particulates to help global warming or to stop climate change. What we're going to have is we're going to have a pea soup up there of chemicals which are going to be detrimental to our health. It is much better to take the EPA model of the 1970s, where the Environmental Protection Agency was designed to put in regulations to reduce the pollution at its source to reduce and put caps on how much pollution corporations, cars, automobiles were are putting into the atmosphere. One of the things that we're talking about as mitigation is to go into geoengineering plans which add more chemicals to our atmosphere, which are going to get into our drinking water supplies, which are going to get into our soils, which are going to impact our trees. Our trees across the United States, many of them in many areas, especially Mendocino Lake and Sonoma County, are dying. They are not healthy as they used to be. And this problem, having traveled across the United States into some other areas, seeing the pictures coming in from across the United States and and other countries, we're finding that there's beginning to be an impact from all of these programs and all the chemicals in our skies. And so one of the things we need to think about and work for is reducing pollution. Alan Buckman from uh, the California State Department in Fish and Game talked about microbes and they're important to the environment. We have at our disposal already some technologies and already the wherewithal to begin to make the planet more healthy and to put it into a different perspective But if we go to the geoengineering schemes that are waiting in the wings, thousands of them, to put the particulates up and sulfur, then we are going to be in trouble with agriculture across the United States and around the world. It is time that we look at some different solutions that are already here. And it's time that we look at what's happening in our skies and say we don't need to add any more chemicals. We are doing enough. And what these experiments in our skies are doing with atmospheric heating and testing, we don't know. But the chemicals are showing up in our drinking water. So in closing, I would like to say to all of you and to encourage you to know that just what I showed you today is beginning to impact crop production in the United States. And we're seeing higher UV radiation that is burning the tips of our trees and our plants. We see the molds and mildews growing here, and we see all of this, and we hope that all of you will consider before you think of mitigation and just go forward with some of the plans that are that are being sold to you as almost a cap-and-trade situation where a corporation like Plankos decides to put iron dust, into the Galapagos Islands area, this is a proposal, may have already started, and to create algae blooms. And yes, they're saying, yes, we're going to help the environment because we're going to create these algae blooms with for more oxygen. But what happens is it's going to impact the marine life in those areas. As a geoengineering plan, it is going to be sold, the credits for this, they're, the, the supposed benefits, is to be sold as credits to people who want to pollute more. And here here is the really awful twist to this, in my opinion, is if we sell pollution credits to polluters to ask them so that they can pollute more, we're only going to add more to our climate change and to our global warming processes. We have to say no, we don't want money market schemes that are going to go into the ocean and change something possibly to the detriment of our oceans or our air in order to sell credits to someone who wants to pollute more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a consideration for all of you when you start to talk about caps and trades, when you start to talk about geoengineering plans because we don't need a money market scheme. We need to have and use the microbes available to us, the science available to us, to reduce the pollution that we're putting into the atmosphere. And we need a new direction, and I think that this might be a good one. So I hope that all of you will consider what I have to say today, and I want to thank you once again for um, listening to what I had to say.
0: Thank you. What an amazing woman, huh? She said it, folks. She said that chemtrails are real. But she also said that NASA has even confirmed that spraying these chemtrails up in the air has been adding to global warming. It's a simple, it's a very simple concept to try to figure out, try to understand. You put a blanket on something, what's underneath the blanket is going to get warm, you know? Um, did you ever place black plastic on on top of something and see how much warmer it is underneath the black plastic than it is above the black plastic? Yeah. Well, there's another example. Not a, not as good as the uh, the last example, but almost. But uh, so we have to um, we got to start opposing these things, folks. We have to start writing to people and and. And getting this information out to everybody because if everybody hears it, and especially with this article and with the with the illegal Biden administration trying to make this go, if he's trying to do something, it's not good okay and if he wants to do this it's it's to further ruin and wreck the United States and the world, okay, so we need to just. Sorry, folks. Had to readjust there. We need to just fight this with everything that we can think of to fight it, okay? I mean, short of having missiles to shoot down these planes. Notice how she said that it wasn't really the commercial planes. So there are more, no doubt uh, private companies and Air, and Air Force, maybe, um, military, flying these things around. One of the things that my friend shares that doesn't believe in chemtrails is why would these pilots do this? Why would they endanger themselves and their families by spraying this stuff in the air? Well, (laughs) why did Hitler do what he did? You know, he had to know in the back of his mind that he was going to lose someday. You know, why why do crazy people do what they do? Because they're crazy. And... (laughs) You know, if if a guy wants to take out his family and and everything else, then that's, you know, that's not beyond the scope of possibility or the the scope of reality. Um, There are many people that are callous. Most sociopaths and uh, psychopaths are that way. So all you have to do is hire a bunch of psychopaths to fly these planes. They just care about themselves, nobody else. So there's an answer to that question. So, anyway... Now, what I'd like to do is present to you, uh, there's a, a video we're going to watch. It's a short video and it's a, um, a gentleman that uh, gets onto an airplane and decides to have a conversation with the pilot. Um, it's a short conversation and, uh, it's in a broken English, but you'll, you'll be able to understand it. So, um, let's see. Let's go here and in here. Let's make sure that I've got everything kosher. Okay. And let's make this puppy bigger. All right, folks, here we go. By the way, I apologize. Uh, Not that I had anything, that way to fix it, but the last video was a little fuzzy, but it was from back in 2012 or 2016. I can't remember which one. And um, so it was old, and the technology probably isn't as good as it is today to to make clearer videos, so. OK, so let's watch this guy ask his pilot about chemtrails.
3: Hola. Uh, do you speak English too? Uh, no. No? Uh. Just, give, give uh, okay. okay.
2: yeah. Just a question to you. Hello. Hi. Uh, do you speak uh, English? Sure. What do you need? Okay. Just a question. Do you know what is a chemtrail? So what? A chemtrail. I do know what a chemtrail is. Yeah. And is it true? Uh, well, there's a the big debate. Yeah. Are you filming me?
1: Maybe <laughs>
3: Okay.
2: No. Uh, okay. No, but uh, do you believe it? I don't think. Um well I don't have enough information about that. Uh, okay. Yeah but because I saw a lot of videos on the internet uh, okay. and uh, it really it looks uh, believable. Well, it's arguable both ways I think. Yeah. Depends on uh exact you're on but Yeah. But what is your personal uh, um, opinion of it. I think there's
1: part of truth. Part of truth, yeah. Yeah. Yeah we should investigate it because when it's true imagine so many people they suffer of this of this.
4: Yeah oh, it's it. a necessary evil. Thing
1: to yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Have a good yeah, day time. You too. Thank you.
4: Okay, por favor. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. <laughs>
2: Yep.
0: okay, I could stop it there, so the pilot, when he realized that he was being videotaped or filmed um decided to not want to answer and I can understand that you know it gets out, and he uh, he's uh His his job is in danger, you know, but um, it's uh, I think it's safe to say that he agreed that there's something to chemtrails and that uh, they're not good. He called it a necessary evil. Um, I don't know about that. But uh, okay, we're going to watch another video now. And let's see. Let's go here here okay are you ready folks here we go i'm gonna take a brief break while this is playing
4: About five years ago, our skies were typically blue, and now you see it's covered with lines and haze. We, we began to eventually test to see if, if uh, in fact, there was credence to what we were seeing. The, from the first test in uh, precipitation in spring of '06, that mm-hmm. tested seven parts per billion. Uh, We've since had tests that have escalated as high as 3,450 parts per billion. That's a 50,000% increase in aluminum.
1: I sent this water, see it's right there, it says backyard rain gauge. Uh Aluminum, 1,010 micrograms per liter of aluminum. Uh And here's barium, 8 micrograms per liter of barium. And this is from the labs up in Redding, California. This is a certified government report. And here's what normal is. I asked them what would be normal. 0.5. would be normal. For aluminum? For aluminum. And the maximum allowed in drinking water, they said 50 micrograms per liter. And government action required at 1,000. Well, we're over 1,000.
4: We're so far off the scales for um, toxicity in aluminum that um, it, it appears to be Affecting the, the flora uh, greatly. Our grass is about a third its height that it was only a few years ago. A 35 year forestry biologist uh, has done 50 pH tests, the, the rain. Across the board, every single test was 10 times or more more alkaline than it should be.
1: Even if you say, well, very poor stream, we might have gotten only 300, but even so, there's only 30 bugs here. In the same stream you're looking at about 1,000, how many years ago were you finding it? About uh, 20 years ago, this had about a
2: 1,000.
4: All right, so ten million tons of aluminum dumped into the, the uh, atmosphere would have no human health impact. So so be more careful here. Mm-hmm. Work to separate out the toxicological parts so of the aluminum. We only be done in the research and always not. This is a
3: very delicate
4: moment for the powers that be because they're taking a covered up operation like the tropospheric aerosol program or chemtrails, Project Carus, whatever it's been, had many names over the years. And they're making it over
2: into a geoengineering scientific uh, shield to deflect sunlight because global warming's out of hand.
3: I'm a substitute teacher, and I so I get to work with a lot of kids. I get to see a lot of kids in this county. And what I noticed in the last two, three years I've been working with the kids is that our kids, the uh, majority of them, have upper respiratory. Um, problems. I'd say two thirds to three fourths of the kids are hacking and coughing most of the school year. I've spoken with teachers who told me I've, I've brought this attention to them. You know, have you seen these skies? You know, all your life. some of them have look, lived up here all their lives, and they say that yeah, their skies look different from when they grew up because it's a lot of times covered in this white milky haze. But they also have told me that they notice the kids, that the, the attention deficit, the attention span of the kids, It's their lives as teachers have become so much more difficult. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, and again, and many times at night as the sun starts to set and there's uh, huge banks of this uh, aircraft disbursement, it, it literally looks like there's forest fires burning across the mountains because it's a very dirty color. It's not... Uh, It's not a a, a white cloud or a a natural sunset by any means. It looks like there's some sort of massive industrial activity or forest fires burning over there, and we see that typically every night. When you get 50 fish and maybe only one or two got a bug inside them, normally the top
1: stomachs are crammed with food.
4: There was mason jars, and they were brand new, sterilized, and that's what we catch the rain in. Mm -hmm. And then there was a HEPA filter that we tested the air with. Okay, so you caught rain and then you you basically filtered air. Mm-hmm.
2: What did you find? Aluminum and barium. We haven't found anything serious of aluminum, and so there could be
4: something terrible that we'll find tomorrow. We haven't looked at. You may remember the 8,000 dry lightning strikes that occurred in June of 2008. Yes. You may remember that. Again, my background, I've done lightning suppression work for Bechtel Power, and I've done uh, work in some of the first solar plants in the continental US. Atmospheric conductivity in the lower 48, I have read a couple articles that's been measured at four times its historical conductivity. More atmospheric conductivity would logically mean more light. The, The strikes that we had That day, I spoke to dozens of 30-, 40-year veteran firefighters, and they've never seen anything like it. Atmospherically, they've never seen anything like it. And our skies were literally covered with aircraft trails the day that happened. But if you have a more conductive atmosphere, you're going to get more lightning.
2: Whether people believe in chemtrails or not, the geoengineering should be scary enough. And when people learn about geoengineering, chemtrails will then become apparent because they're the same.
1: This is from a snow surface at Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. 61,100 micrograms per liter of aluminum. This is just ordinary snow water. Mm -hmm. And people are drinking this stuff when they're hiking on the mountain. And remember, government action is required at 1,000... This is 61 times over the government limit, and our hikers are drinking this poisonous water on Mount Shasta Mountains yeah, itself. It. Strontium, 383. Barium strontium will take away from your bone structure, make for weak bone structure. Uh, the aluminum, though, that's scary, you know. What is it? Alzheimer's, autism, gosh knows what that's doing.
4: A number of other things neurological. We speak of these tests that, contain massive amounts of heavy metals. Often, the first response from people is, well, they're migrating from China. The California Air Quality Resources Board did a study on the aerosols from China, and metals were not amongst those aerosols. Again, the geoengineering patents specifically describe a polymer fiber to keep those metallic particles aloft a little bit longer. So again, if you have the one of the most stringent air quality boards on the planet stating that these aerosols are not migrating from there, they weren't there five years ago, they're there in lethal quantities now. Where are they coming from? Is that where they're coming from? You know, these, these aircraft you see laying these, these trails down, again, um, I, I, all I can say for sure is that the metals we're seeing match the patents exactly, and the patents match what we see above us exactly in, in the scope of creating artificial clouds. So We can only conclude this is the source of these metals.
0: Maybe
1: 6.8 if you look at the darkest little portions in there. But this is black oak leaf. This is black oak acorns. This should be very acid, and I'm getting 10 times higher than expected. There's something
4: really wrong here. Amphibians, uh, great decline. Uh, used to sound like the Ozarks here with the tree frogs and their. Uh there's a small, small fraction of what there was here in only four years.
1: So there's something very wrong going on with the ecology around here. When you should be getting 5.5 and you're getting 6.8,
2: there's something damned wrong. It's not just activists anymore. Now the scientific community that has their head on straight um, is speaking out.
0: Yeah, they're speaking out, but not quite enough, I would say. (laughs) Um, I mean, if they can't speak out about the COVID-19 vaccine, don't expect them to speak out about anything else, you know? Oh, my goodness. There's a scripture that says that uh, Yahweh will destroy those who destroy the earth, and it can't come too soon for me, to tell you the truth. Um... And I, I'm sure that this has to do with the Soroses and Rockefellers and and all the other multi billionaires that are trying to to um, cull humanity. And uh, my goodness, what they couldn't do with chemtrails, they did with the COVID nineteen vaccine. That's for sure. But that's another show for another day. Um, mentioned earlier uh does the bible talk about chemtrails <laughs> okay <laughs> to me the bible talks about everything okay you can find just about anything in scripture um you just got to look you got to research and um oh uh, <laughs> global sky watch has done a, a good job on this and um they they did a little article on uh, is uh, our chemtrails our mentioned in scripture. So let's take a look at that. It's just a, a short little thing I want to look at, okay? Let's see. I just want to make sure that everything is there and everything is kosher. Okay. All right. This is um, Russ's site. I talked about Russ earlier. And uh this article is—I'm uh, well, only going to go so far in
3: it—but
0: there, there are scriptural words that that mean other things, or mean more, I should say, than than what's uh, been presented to us in scripture. And we're going to look at some that one scripture about that. Okay, okay. It says um, this is one of the primary methods used to dumb down and demotivate. De- create apathy and that is the global population uh let's see the scripture is uh revelation 1823 it says for your merchants were the great men of the earth for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived revelation 1823 translated into modern english and then we'll go further into this um for your industrialist bankers were the powerful men of the earth, for by your drugging and poisoning, the nations were deceived. Now the word sorcery in the Greek is pharmakia, it's where we get our word pharmacy from, or pharmaceutical, and it means to drug or to poison, okay? So that's that's where the, uh, the translation comes from. So whether it's fluoride in the water or chemtrails or COVID-19 vaccines, uh, it's uh, it's bad news. Okay, U.S. Public Law 10585 uh, declares that spraying chemicals and biological agents on U.S. citizens is perfectly legal, and we'll look at that in a minute, okay, even if it causes permanent injury or death. Virtually all types of spraying are allowed. Spraying can be done for virtually any reason whatsoever. Uh, Finally, nearly all types of damage are permissible, including permanent damage or death to humans or animals and damage to the environment. And like I said, we'll look at that scripture in a minute. Okay, does the Bible contain prophecies about chemtrails? Uh, Mercury is in religion. Okay, that we're talking about the element Mercury and also the God Mercury, it looks like. Um, in certain religious practices such as voodoo and Santeria, Mercury is believed to have special powers. Practitioners carry it around in, punch, in pouches, sprinkle it on the floor, pour it into a bath, and burn it in candles. Oh, that's real smart. Um, by the way, Hitler and the Nazis had a lot of uh, interest in, in Mercury also. <laughs> if you didn't know that. um, Even the most popular religions of the world, incense is used that contains high levels of lead and mercury. Never knew that when I was burning that stuff to cover up the smell of dope. Um, Yes, I have a jaded past, but it's far back in the past. Very, very far. Um, Some use it for protection. Others use it for spiritual enlightenment. Some believe in resulting experience they encounter as a result of mercury exposure are spiritual experiences. We know these to be schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, ADD, ADHD, autism, dizziness slash vertigo, memory loss, and numerous other neurological diseases. The weakening of the human will induced by mercury also opens up to spiritual oppression and perhaps even possession. You know, it's funny, after I got a hold of Russ the first time... (laughs) He talked about amalgam fittings, fillings rather, in the teeth. And I, when I had a chance, um, my my father-in-law, my old father-in-law, um, blessed me with uh, money to go to a, a dentist uh, to get all the work done because his son was a schlemiel and uh, kind of reneged on what he was going to do for me and my first wife. Anyway, um, and that first thing I did is have all the amalgam taken out. So did I notice the difference? No but not everything that is killing you you can notice right okay biblical position the practice of utilizing poisons such as mercury is prohibited by biblical law that's Deuteronomy 18 11 through 12 Exodus 22 18 uh this practice is often referred to as witchcraft or sorcery um and that's strongs uh H3784 uh the book of Revelation contains several references to sorcery, but when we take a close look at the original language, we find something very interesting. And again, that scripture is for your merchants were the great men of the earth, for your so- for your for by your so- sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Revelation eighteen twenty three. The word sorcery in this passage is Greek word pharmakia or pharma- pharma- kia, archaea. And that's uh, Strong's G five three three one. This is the source of the English word pharmaceutical. The true meaning, if the, the true meaning, if the word pharmacia is to drug or poison. So here we see the chemical dumbing down of the world by drugging and poisoning. This is to occur shortly before the return of Christ. Earth. Uh, this modern chemical dumbing down of the population was predicted in the Bible thousands of years ago. As I will show you later in this article, the use of mercury in the body as a medicine or anything else is equivalent to the practice of pharmacia or sorcery or poisoning. We can easily relate this word pharmacia to poisoning because the biblical word for, the, for a person who practices pharmacia is defined as a poisoner. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I just flashed on heading into the pharmacy next week and saying, "Can I speak with the fo- poisoner, please?" Um, don't do that, okay? <laughs> it just these things go through my head, okay? All right. So the verse actually predicts that the global deception will take place. This deception will be, be facilitated by drugging people with known poisons. The target of this uh, drugging is the people of the nations of the earth. In fact, this is a direct reference to the dumbing down of the population, thereby making them more prone to deception. Who's going to perform this drugging? According to Revelation 18.23, the great drugging and the great deception will be performed by the merchants who are the great men of the earth. The word great does not mean good. It means mighty or powerful. There's a strong reference right there. So who is perpetuating this great drugging, powerful merchants? Today, the most powerful merchants in the world are men who own or control global corporations. The most powerful types of corporations in the world are oil companies. They're the most powerful. Pharmaceutical companies, the second most powerful. I think that from the time this article was written to today, you could switch those around. Um, I could be wrong, but man, it sure seems like the pharmacy companies are way ahead of everybody else. They are not necessarily the the only people who will be involved in the deception by drugging, but they certainly qualify. Furthermore, we should consider that the two most influential lobbies in the United States government are oil and pharmaceuticals. These uh, educated, excuse me, those educated in this area will immediately think of the Bush family oil and the Rockefeller family oil and pharmaceuticals. As the pieces begin to come together, we will discover that Rockefeller family is spearheading the more the move for the world depopulation, and <clears throat> has been for the past decade two decades. For in depth documentation supporting this, please see this video. It's got a video Mercury Autism and the Global Vaccine Agenda. As I said, I think this was written. I remember reading this before. I think it was written before uh, COVID. So, yeah, the, the Rockefellers, believe it or not, are really involved in, in the COVID vaccine. They're backers of Bill Gates and and, uh, and backers of a lot of the pharmaceutical companies. So, and you know, you take the Rockefellers and probably the Rothschilds and probably the Soroses and, and everything else, and uh, you've got an evil trinity there. Okay. Our chemtrails of sorcery spoken of in uh, in Revelation 18. We are all familiar with the widespread use of pharmaceutical drugs today. For the past 20 years, many people have been moving away from the use of drugs, vaccines, genetically modified foods, and other known toxins. In fact, in the past few years, the reconstruction of health values has created a virtual stampede towards healthy, natural, organic lifestyles. With so many people moving away from drugs, how can, we, how can Revelation 18.23 be fulfilled? Are, they actually enough, are there actually enough people still using drugs, vaccines, or mercury-laden silver fillings to facilitate a global deception? Certainly not. There must be enough, more to the story. There must be something more invasive, literally forces people to take drugs and poisons as to facilitate this massive global deception predicted by the Bible. The excellent article. Uh, when you let mercury and aluminum uh, clearly facilitate the dumbing down of human populations, and when you consider the strong the strong indications that chemtrail chemtrails containing both mercury and aluminum, then it's reasonable to consider that chemical spraying campaign is the fulfillment, at least in part, of the biblical prophecy concerning the deception of the nations in the end times. As this article is being written, there's a widespread talk in the United States, Europe, and Australia about forced vaccinations. Uh, And this would certainly uh, qualify as the fulfillment of prophecy as well. In fact, there is nothing in this prophecy to indicate that there is any single event that accomplishes this mass poisoning. The prophecy simply says, by your sorcery, indicating the general method in which the deception takes place. It is likely that several things, including pharmaceutical drugs, chemtrails, and mass vaccinations all play a part in the fulfillment of this end-time prophecy concerning the poisoning of the nations to facilitate great global deception. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking to see if I want to keep going, and it's a very long article. Okay. Yeah, what the heck? A deeper look: sorcery is pharmacology is poisoning. Okay, we've already established above that the Bible. Okay, maybe I read this. Okay, no, I didn't. We've already established above that the biblical word sorcery in Revelation 18:23, when properly translated, means pharmacology. But there's really, a, but is there really a connection between pharmacology and poisoning? The book of Revelation contains references to the persons who actually dispense or practice sorcery. All right, let's look at this. This is new with me, folks, so new with you, too. So we're learning together. Blessed are, thou, are Those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. But outside are dogs, sorcerers, there's that word, and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters. And whoever loves and practices a lie, Revelation 22, 14 through 15. And there's another one here. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderer, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, Revelation 21, 8. In these passages, the word sorcerer, sorcerers, uh, comes from the Greek word pharmakos, uh, and that's Strong's uh, 5332, the Greek, uh, which is derived from the Greek word pharmakon. It is defined in Strong's Greek Dictionary of the New Testament as follows, a druggist, a pharmacist, or a poisoner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I used to work with pharmacists, and <laughs> I, I know of a couple that could probably bear the last title. Um Thus, the etymology of the word itself fundamentally associates the concept of drugging and poisoning. It would stand to reason that a person who is called a poisoner is who distributes poison. Thus, we can clearly see the fundamental connection between the biblical word for sorcery, pharmakeia, and poison. Furthermore, since mercury is a potent poison, Uh, We can certainly conclude that the distribution of mercury, a poison, is considered sorcery or poisoning by the Bible. If this is true, then the mercury and chemicals, and chemtrails, excuse me, uh, can indeed be considered sorcery and therefore fulfillment, at least in part of Revelation 18.23. Even if chemtrails only contain aluminum and barium, as a number of tests both air and soil have now indicated, uh, these are still these are still poisons to the body and would be considered biblical sorcery. Uh, aluminum is particularly known for interfering with brain function. Uh, when mixed with existing mercury, aluminum becomes about a thousand times more poisonous to the body. Barium interferes with potassium metabolism and can induce heart attacks and stomach pain. Hmm. Okay, so is there a question? Mercury is a mercury a medicine? Interestingly, mercury has been used in modern medicine for many years. Mercury was used as a treatment for early for syphilis as early as 1925, despite its known toxicity, and it continued to be used into the 20th century. Mercury has also been used as a diuretic, a disinfectant, a laxative, a dewormer, a teething powder, oh, that's weird, and uh, a treatment for depression. Ironically, and here's some bullet points here, mercury causes swelling and water retention, the opposite of a diuretic. Mercury is scientifically known to be an ineffective disinfectant. Mercury actually causes constipation by blocking magnesium metabolism and therefore the opposite of a laxative. Mercury suppresses the immune system, which facilitates growth of bacteria and parasites, Mercury is known to facilitate gum disease. This is a is this is a particularly poor choice for teething powder, and mercury causes depression. Mercury can be used in an eye has been used in eye washes, cleaning solutions, and in other products that require an antiseptic. One of the most well-known uses of mercury has been to fill dental cavities, amalgam or silver fittings, are considered the cheapest cure for the most for most dental problems. The most controversial and well known use of mercury has been as a preventative in vaccines, even though several outstanding studies declare mercury a weak and inadequate preservative. What we do know what we know today is that mercury is a potent neurotoxin and is the cause for well over one hundred and thirty common diseases and ailments, both physical and mental. Mercury is quite possibly the single largest cause of disease in the world today. What is shocking about this fact is that science has known the connection between mercury and the numerous diseases for over 200 years. We know today that is mercury. Okay. I read that. Uh, The fact that mercury has a longstanding, has a long history as being used as medicine of pharmaceutical makes it fit more perfectly within the framework of revelation eighteen twenty three biblical medicine mercury has been considered a medicine throughout history in contrast uh, biblical medicine has always been associated with plants and these plants are considered food. <laughs> a popular example of this is found in revelation 22 to pardon the dogs barking folks uh, when they hear things outside they do that naturally um and the scripture says in the midst of the street of it and in either side of the river uh was there a tree of life which bare 12 manners of fruits and yielded her fruits every month and the leaves of the tree were used for healing of the nations Uh, There are other examples as well. well. By the way, that was Revelation 22. Okay. Uh, Here's another one. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so, Genesis 1.30. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field, Genesis 3.18. One of the most famous statements in medicine and herbology comes from Hippocrates. Your food shall be your medicine, and your medicine shall be your food. Today, the Food and Drug Administration regulates herbal supplements as food, and this makes sense as herbs are indeed food. Destroy those who destroy the earth, like I said earlier. The Bible speaks about a group of people that live near the end of the current age, that is right now, who destroy the earth. This verse states that God will destroy those who destroy the earth. And the scripture is Revelation 11, 18, and it says, and the nations were angry with, uh, with the wrath and thy wrath to come and the time of the, and the time of the dead that they should be judged and thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets and to the saints and them that fear them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. The word destroy here in both instances is the Greek word diphyterio, which is defined in Strong's as to rot thoroughly, that is, to ruin. So the act of destroying the earth in this verse is not necessarily talking about the complete and utter destruction of the earth, but rather the process of ruining the earth. It's interesting that the Greek word translated destroy makes this reference to rotting, and that studies have shown that the chemicals containing mold spores indeed cause rotting. It's also important to contemplate that chemtrails are destroying the earth by ruining soil, contaminating water, killing insects and wildlife, and harming people. Okay. I'm going to end it right there, folks, with that one, okay? Because we got to get on to other things here. I want you to see what's coming up next because this—the <laughs> beginning of the show—I told you that um, the government we have basically given government assent, or this law has, to destroy us, and and it gives Congress and the Senate, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate, the ability to do so through the military. Okay. And you got to consider and remember this, that those people are elected and they're called our representatives. Okay? If you, let's just say, well, let's use me for an example. Let's just say that I'm 63 now. Let's just say in about another 10 years I become incapacitated and I need a representative, somebody to conduct my business, somebody to take me here and there and everything else. That person has basically has power of attorney, which the Senate and the House of Representatives have of me and you. Okay. They have power of attorney because we've given them permission to go to Washington and represent us. Okay. So with that in mind, (laughs) are you sitting down? You really need to be sitting down for this. I, this is the first time I've seen this. Okay. First time. Okay. And this is in the, um, Uh, Congress.gov, let's see, P-Law 105, public 85 PDF. Okay, so this is a law, okay, and it's a very long law. It's, um, I don't know how many pages it is, but I had to scroll down quite a ways to get to where I am, and there's still quite a ways to go, all right? Section 1078, that's Section 1078. Restrictions on the use of human subjects for testing of chemical or biological agents. Now that sounds pretty good, right? Restrictions. Okay. (laughs) All is not what it seems. A prohibited activities. The secretary of defense may not conduct directly or by contract. Number one, any test or experiment involving the use of a chemical agent or a biological agent on civilian population or Number two, any other testing of a chemical agent or biological agent on human subjects. Letter B, exceptions. Subject to subsection C, D, and E, the prohibition in subsection A does not apply to a test or experiment carried out for any of the the following purposes. Okay, so here we go. Any peaceful purpose that is related to the medical, therapeutic, pharmaceutical, agricultural, industrial, or research activity, things they can do. Any purpose that is directly related to protection against toxic chemicals or biological weapons and agents. That's really interesting considering that they've all forced or they tried to force all all Americans to take a toxic agent by way of injection. Number three. Any law enforcement purpose, including any purpose related to riot control. Oh. So when it comes to riot control, they can go ahead and throw anything at you, any chemical they want. Okay. C, informed consent required. This is where it gets good. The Secretary of Defense may conduct a test or experiment described in subsection B only if informed consent to the testing was obtained for each human subject in advance of the testing on that subject. Okay, but they don't ask us because they can go right to Congress and ask Congress if they can do it because we have given Congress permission to represent us. Okay? So they can do any damn thing they want, pardon my French, and and do it legally because... The people that sit in that ivory tower called the Capitol give them blessing and consent to do so. They give the consent. Okay. All right, D, prior notice to Congress. Not later than 30 days after the date of final approval within the Department of Defense of plans or any experimental or study to be conducted by the Department of Defense, whether directly or under contract, Involving the use of human subjects for testing of a chemical agent or a biological agent, the Secretary of Defense shall submit to the Committee on Armed Services of the, sta- of the Senate and the Committee on National Security and Services of the Senate and to the committee setting forth a full accounting of these plans, and the experimental, experiment or study may be conducted Only after the end of 30-day period, beginning on the date such report is received by those committees. Okay, now it doesn't say anything in here that they have to resubmit. So way back in the 90s when chemtrails started to happen in our skies, I'm sure that there was one day when they approached, they, they gave their plans, the military gave the plans, to either the House of Representatives or the Senate or both, and said, we want to spray these things in the sky because, yeah, one, it's going to send radiation back out into space, but it's also, we're going to be conducting experiments to see how cadmium, strontium, um, lead, you name it, barium, affect the human, human population. So they submit it. And 30 days later, they can start. Okay. Sometime in the 1990s, they were given permission to do this. And it's not just the military. There are civilian contractors that are doing this. Okay. If you can get a good look at the planes, it's not, it's usually not, um, commercial airlines. It is, uh, private airlines or private airplanes, I should say. Okay. Let's, let's go down further here. E. Biological agent defined. In this section, the term biological agent means any microorganism, including bacteria, viruses, fungi, rickettsiac, or protozoa, pathogen or infectious substance, or any naturally occurring bioengineered or synthesized component of any such microorganism, pathogen, or infectious substance, whatever its origin or method of production That is capable of causing, one, death or disease or biological malfunction in a human or animal, a plant, or another living organism. Chemtrails does all that. Um, Two, deterioration of food, water, equipment, supplies, or materials of any kind. They do that. Three, deleterious alteration of the environment. Okay. Chemtrails do all those, and they're allowed to do it. F. Report of Certification, uh, Section 1703 of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 1994. Okay, there it is. Um, Is amended by adding the end of the following new paragraph. 9. Description of any program involved in the testing of biological chemical agents on human subjects that was carried out by the Department of Defense during the period covered by the report. Together with A, a detailed, a detailed justification for the testing, B, a detailed explanation for the purposes of the testing, C, a description of each chemical or biological agent tested, and D, the secretary certification and informed consent, here we go again, to the testing was obtained from each human subject in advance of the testing on that subject. Okay, again, we have it. Congress represents us. They can do whatever they want, and these people can take off and do whatever they want. Okay. Okay, and this is one part. uh, Repeal of superseded provision of law, Section 808 of the Department of Defense Appropriation Authorization Act, 1978, 50 U.S.C., 1520, is repealed. I do not know what that is. This public law was written, by the way, November 18th, 1997, or put into effect maybe that day. But there you have it. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to tell me or you because we're represented by Congress. And they can make the decision for us. We expect them to make decisions for us, don't we? We expect them to make good decisions anyway. (laughs) To, To write laws that protect us and things like that. But being our representatives... And those that we have given permission to, to act on our behalf, they can do anything they want to. You and I will never find out about it until we find little things like this. Okay. I digress. Well, folks, let's see here. Come on. Let's get rid of that. Okay. Huh. Uh, for some reason, my screen's locked up, but I really don't care. Uh, it's weird. Oh, well, let's see if I do this. Nope. Well, folks, I'm going to go ahead and um, end all this. And um, I can't really tell how long we've been on because my screen is frozen, and it will not allow me to do that. So... Before I click on something that's really going to be detrimental to this show, um, I'm going to say good night, farewell. Um, and one more thing, real quick. Let's remember that Yahweh is in control, okay? He's got a handle on what's going on, and nothing happens unless – how do I put this? Nothing happens without him knowing it's happening. And he can use anything that the enemy uses for our good and for his good. Okay, so just remember that. And remember that you're in you're in his hands. If you know him, you're the sheep of his pasture, and he's the great shepherd, and he takes care of his sheep. Okay, and he's coming back to collect us one of these days soon and bring us up to be with him. And we're going to get out of this place and, and let the world destroy itself. So, anyway that having been said may the Lord bless you and keep you make, may, may he make his face to rise upon you be gracious unto you may he watch you're going out you're coming in you're rising up and you're lying down may he give you the peace that passes all understanding because he is the prince of peace the Shar Shalom, Sar Shalom and he knows what you need before you even ask him but ask him anyway okay So with that having been said, I'm going to sign off. Be blessed. I'll probably be back tomorrow night with another show. Yeshua's willing and the creek don't rise. Literally. Good night, folks.